distribution. That's the word of the day. I used to listen to a lot of Jim Rome when I was a kid, especially in the summer. I would be playing NCAA or uh, NBA Live on PS2. I don't think that game even exists anymore. Allen Iverson, his defense was ridiculous. Good steals all day. He'd score 60, triple-double with steals. Would be a bench player in today's NBA. Taking all those high-energy, isolation, inefficient shots. Um, So I used to listen to a lot of Jim Rome, though, when he was at ESPN Radio. He was on ESPN Television, certain time slot. It was a part of my routine. I think it was Mike and Mike in the morning, growing up in Kalamazoo, and then Jim Rome. Smack off. One Mike. He was calling an ISO every day. Jim Rome was. Let's go to Ben in Seattle. Ben, talk to me. Have a take. Don't suck. All of that. Then what happened? Rome leaves ESPN. He goes to CS to CBS. That was what? I mean, I was right around graduation, 2009, somewhere in there. I have not listened to Jim Rome since. Gun to your head. Gun to your head. Where is Jim Rome now? Does he have a show? Does he have a weekly show? Daily? Podcast? Do you even know? He was one of the most popular sports radio hosts we've ever seen. And now you don't hear from him. You look at the top sports podcasts, and it's Bill Simmons, Levitard, Pardon My Take, Skip and Shannon, The Herd, all companies or individuals that had the power of wide distribution. Jim Rome became a dinosaur overnight because he didn't see the future, emphasized terrestrial radio where the audience was shrinking. The distribution via podcast became just as more just as or more important than terrestrial radio. In a world where literally no one is listening to the radio, they're listening to what they want to when they can. When's the last time you turned on your AM or FM radio listening to something? All right, I'm going to be honest. Um, Listening to local radio for any of your favorite sports teams, pregame, game, or postgame coverage, Shout out to Dan Miller. Shout out to Jim Brandstatter for being the voice of my childhood and young adulthood. Um, Romy goes to CBS radio and none of you even cared. You didn't. You act like you did. Not once in the last 10 years has a Jim Rome clip been virally aggregated. Where was I going? See, I was making a, I was going to make a comp here. I was going to do a comp. I was going to comp myself, not myself, not me, speaking on behalf of campus to campus.com, making a comp to Jim Rome because distribution, that's the most important thing. Everyone has a podcast. Everyone, everyone we engage with on Twitter has a podcast. We're all trying to take a step up in our distribution, broaden your audience, connect to a network with an audience that would latch on to our shows and our content. Better Sports just made this kind of move with fantasy along. But it is hard, but not impossible to do that independently, to grow your audience independently in the fantasy space. Fantasy footballers have done it. Ray G has largely done it independently. Matt Kelly, others. 
And I look at us. I look at the Campus to Canton family of shows. You can't tell me that our content isn't just as good as any college football content that you want to set us aside next to. Take your fucking pick. Josh Pate, cover three, solid verbal, unnecessary roughness, anything at 24-7, split zone duo. I would put this family of content, whether it be the website, the articles, the podcast feed, the YouTube page, Debbie Debate, Campus Life, the official, future freshman, CTN, any of our content against the major players in the college football space, and we would hold our own. We would not Canton bound. I, I'd leave. I'd leave Canton bound out of this conversation. Not back to Debbie either. I didn't say back to Debbie. <laughs> and we're trying to grow our distribution independently, but but therein lies the issue because we exist in a valley between two mountains. On the one side, you've got fantasy football, billion dollar industry. Millions of people playing it every single year. And I know that Dynasty is considered a niche, but even the major players, you know, ESPN, Matt Barry, the fantasy football ballers, they talk shop about Dynasty fantasy football. Fantasy football on the one side, those people are in large part, they're not ready to, co- to try college fantasy football yet. And there are a number of reasons for that. It could be intimidation about the vastness of the player pool. Scarcity of widely available rankings and information. Yes, we exist. We exist campus to can, but you'd be surprised. The number of people who, one, haven't heard of us, and two, who also immediately understand who we are. That number is small, actually. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you've heard of us. But in reality, that number is very small, but growing. And then there's the availability of play, the availability to play college fantasy sports. I mean, some people just don't want to go to fan tracks and try this out. They play on MFL, ESPN, CBS, and that's the conditioning of the market. It's like playing Xbox and then trying to switch and go to PlayStation. It's hard for people to make that switch or going from Samsung Galaxy to Apple. Customers like what is familiar. Now, if we were a dynasty website with our consistency and our quality of content, would we be bigger? I don't I don't really know. There are more fantasy football content producers out there than there is national debt, and every single day is more there's more. No politics. So there's fantasy football on the one side. That population is actually warming up to us. I wouldn't say that college fantasy is a known commodity there in the general fantasy football diaspora, but it is making progress. We are making progress. So we are. There's this valley. Fantasy football on the one side of us. And then there's general college football on the other side of us. That is the population that we have not yet made any progress with. Shannon Terry, holla at your boy. You want your audience to be deeply invested in recruiting? Expose them to a campus to can league where you're invested in the freshman's path to the NFL. Invest in college fantasy. We haven't made progress there yet, but we are trying, actively attempting 
to engage. And we'll see how much progress we make over the next two years with that entire machine. Because right now, you are more likely to hear someone in the dynasty fantasy football space mention college fantasy than you are Bud Elliott or Josh Pate or Cooper Patanga. They just haven't grabbed onto it just yet. That's that's fine because we'll keep knocking on that door. Trust me. The valley between college football on the one side, fantasy football on the other. College football fans don't play fantasy because they don't know it exists. And fantasy football players don't play college fantasy because, say the word, it's distribution. That's all sleeper MFL ESPN, their fantasy platforms, exposure to a large audience or number of of users. If CBS picked up our podcast feed and therefore gave Campus to Canton better distribution, oh, let's just say that Josh Pate wouldn't be the only one doing push-ups at CBS headquarters. High atop the hill in Nashville, Tennessee, and all that stuff. If we had CBS's distribution, the audience would stick. It would. Because this group, not just me, this group has in-depth conversations about things that college football fans care about. Quarterback battles, coaching change implications, freshmen, depth chart positioning. You'll occasionally get the kind of discussion, that kind of discussion with Pate or Cover 3, but a lot of the -the run-of-the-mill college shows that we are exposed to are who's generally favored in game X and can team Y overtake Clemson in the ACC? Is Alabama done? Blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that they paint with broad strokes, but college football fans want to know who the fuck is going to make a play on Saturday. Who's up and coming? And why do you think that? We talk about that shit every day. Every day on the Campus Can podcast feed, please rate, review, and subscribe. I seriously believe that we are on a slow trajectory to have that kind of wide distribution. Right now, right Right now, we're Aubrey Graham on Degrassi. But the time is coming when we will be Drake. Trust. Campus DeCan is that ugly girl who asks the jock to prom and the jock smiles politely but declines. That that jock, that jock is home field. That jock is Shannon Terry. The jock is 24-7 sports. And every other big industry contact that we've made contact with that we've reached out to say hey you really should take a look at what we're doing okay trust give it give it five give it five years or less either someone is going to come across our content and say hey we want that on cbs espn DraftKings, FanDuel," or the company will grow organically like solid verbal in the college football space or fantasy footballers or ray g in the fantasy football space I seriously believe that because if if and when ESPN announces college fantasy football, if and when Sleeper 
gets some different market research and announces college fantasy football, the influx of investment in this space will be unparalleled. Remember the rush of investment to daily college fantasy or daily fantasy, excuse me? See, we already have the infrastructure for the wave towards college fantasy that is coming. Look at the rush that comes to a state when it announces when it announces that sports gambling is going to be legal. Look at all the commercials you see in that state, the billboards. Same thing for marijuana. You see a weed sign shop everywhere. If you live in Michigan, you know what I'm talking about. You'll see DraftKings billboards everywhere when a state announces that sports gambling is going to be legalized. We have the infrastructure in place for when college fantasy becomes normalized, and it will. It is inevitable. There is too much money to be made. I didn't even mention the reason why I thought of that or why I brought that up. It's because there's this rumor floating around that Pat McAfee is joining ESPN. Look, I know that McAfee is already a dog in the content business, but if he joins ESPN with their television distribution, podcast, radio distribution. You know what? He'll be the next Colin Cowherd. He might be better than Jim Rome. A sports media supernova. Even though he's already one of the rising stars in the industry, you just can't argue with the fact that ESPN, Disney, that family still has the ability to elevate profiles like no other sports media company. Not CBS, not Fox, not whomever you want to put there. And in many respects, we, Campus to Canton, we are in the same fight as Pat McAfee to grow our brand, to reach a wider audience. Because we know if and when we reach the audience, they're going to stay with us. Now, when I first started doing solo shows, it was, let's talk about sleepers. Let's talk about guys that no one is talking about this guy. That was specifically targeted towards the NFL Dynasty crowd. I talked about Trent Taylor. Who's the running back out of Cincinnati that signed with the Eagles for a little bit? Um, Roly-poly kind of player. Good productive player at Cincinnati, but then didn't stick with the Eagles as a UDFA. Scotty Miller. I was a big Scotty Miller fan. Talked about him. Jeff Thomas. Jeff Thomas out of, comes out of that Patriots rookie training camp wearing number what, 55? I knew it was a bad sign then, even though allegedly they do that with all their rookies. But there are two problems with that approach, with taking that approach to a show. One, it was really hard to write. Two, I should say three. Two, there are no more sleepers anymore. No one is talking about, stop it. Just stop it. Sean Tucker, Zach Evans, Dwayne McBride all went super late, and each of them were heavily dissected during the lead-up to the draft. You can find your podcast articles, Twitter threads on each of those guys. There is no such thing as sleepers anymore. The long shots are now the guys who the community just didn't take seriously, so everyone fades. Michael Mayer to the Raiders. He, he's unathletic in the depth chart there. There are too many guys. He can't do it. 
The long shot is now Zay Flowers. Zay can't work with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, not a quarterback. He can't throw outside the numbers. Isn't that right, Bill? <laughs> I mean, you look at where Lamar Jackson, okay, to be honest, you look at where Lamar Jackson has had his statistical success. It's the intermediate center from 2022. These stats provided by PFF. 29 of 44, 65% completion percentage in that intermediate center area. Who's there? Mark Andrews, of course. Where is Zay Flowers going to line up and operate? In the slot? In the flanker? Probably. He's not going to be the X. They've got Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think he's going to be at the X. So you look at Lamar Jackson's statistics in the areas where a flanker may operate. Deep left, 30% completion percentage. Deep middle, 35.7% completion percentage. Deep right, 25% completion percentage. Zay Flowers is a small, speedy, quick twitch, yak wide receiver, but he's not going to get the consistent deep passing. We're looking at maybe a wide receiver that's going to be used behind the line of scrimmage, and in the short passing game, in my opinion, a la Jarvis Landry. That's, I think that that might be the best case scenario for him to get the volume to be fantasy relevant. I think that's the best hope for Zay Flowers because the high leverage areas of the field where Zay Flowers could operate, Lamar Jackson has not shown a demonstrated consistency in completing passes in those areas of the field. The long shot now is Anthony Richardson. I No, he was. He was. I spent the better part of two years, two years after that 2020 Cotton Bowl, saying this guy is an NFL quarterback, this guy is a value, this guy is a guy that the NFL is going to like. Oh, no, 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 no. He's not a good passer, blah, 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 blah. You know what? That may still be the case, but you look at where he went. Wait, first of all, <laughs> first of all, number four pick overall in the NFL draft. I'm not going to say I told you so again. Jamison Williams, Reminder Stevenson, Zach Williams, Zach Davidson, shoot from deep. Look at where Anthony Richardson landed. <laughs> His weakness is accuracy. Okay. All right, fair. Let's pair you with a six foot four, 220 pound X receiver in Michael Pittman. Let's throw in a six foot three, 210 pound number two wide receiver in Alec Pierce. Oh, who can also stretch the field. You got accuracy? You got accuracy issues? Okay. Let's give you six foot seven, 253 pound tight end Jelani Woods. Oh, how about six foot five, 267 pound Mo Ali Cox? And you know what? Let's draft a slot wide receiver who can run after the catch and plays bigger than his 5'9", 171-pound frame suggests in, do- in Josh Downs. <clears throat> and then, you know what? Let's let you ease into the NFL by letting you turn around and handing the ball to one of the best running back prospects we've ever seen in Jonathan Taylor. Oh, who's following behind one of the best guard prospects that we've ever seen in Quentin Nelson. 
Let's do that. <laughs> Listen, maybe, maybe he is terrible. Matthew, Austin, Chris Moxley. <laughs> maybe he is, but <laughs> not for long because he's going to have the time to develop and he's got the situation to develop in. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time. I'll get him rescheduled soon. And that is the sharp view for this, the 11,453rd day. Just the Detroit Lions last one, a playoff game in Los Angeles. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. We really are doing well. I'm complaining about our distribution, but... The audience, the, cu the customers, you guys, the NAL subscribers are really responding positively to what it is that we're doing. And <laughs> we have been waiting months and months to announce a specific project to make us really a one-stop shop for college football fans. And I cannot wait to be able to announce that hopefully in the next month or two, because we want it to be ready before we say something even though I'm saying something right now. Chris Moxley is on this Will Smith over Drake take, and it has me furious, absolutely furious. I don't even really know what else to say about it. Will Smith is popcorn G-rated corny rap and Drake is just the opposite I mean it's still pop music but I can't listen to parents just don't understand when I'm in the gym I listen to non-stop I just flip the switch y'all don't know nobody you know I'm serious when I say that I would put our content up against anyone. I mean, you look at our CFF team with Nate and Jared and Ethan and Chris. Now you add volume. Things. You can't tell me that there is a group of people around the country that is not as that is dived in more to what offensive coordinator is coaching where, 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 and what positions within that offense succeed? There just isn't. I mean, I'm trying to read volume pages as much as I can. I'm getting ready for these supplemental drafts. I want Dante more in as many drafts as I can have him. I just think that this dude is an elite processor of defenses. That's the only way that you can throw the ball into a space 
where nobody has turned to look for the ball and the receiver turns around and catches it. Like, you understand what works in defense. You understand what keys are. That's what I see when I watch Dante Moore. And friend of the company, Alan True, says that he has better athletic tools and arm talent than he's given credit for. I don't even know if that matters. Because you look at somebody like Peyton Manning. You put Peyton Manning in the gym with, you know, 12 of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's got to be on the far end as far as arm strength goes. I don't think that that matters when you're throwing the ball 20, 30 yards down the field. Dante Moore, I mean, especially the way he played in that Under Armour All-American game, he is the one-on-one in my opinion. Not Arch Manning, not Malachi Nelson. Listen, I understand that Malachi Nelson is at USC and USC and Lincoln Riley has that that um, consistency with develop, de- developing the quarterback position. But when I look at them on tape together, I, I just... Now, the, the argument is, is that Dante Moore has already reached his ceiling. That's the argument. And maybe Lincoln Riley can take Malachi Nelson to a place that Chip Kelly cannot take Dante Moore. But if you had to start a game today, I'm going with Dante Moore. I think I'm going with Dante Moore out of all the freshman quarterbacks. And I love this quarterback class. I love Jackson Arnold. I like Sam Levitt, but the fact that he's going to Michigan State, I'm like, I I don't know that I love him. Love this freshman quarterback class. We've talked a lot about Aiden Childs and Lenora Sellers. I mean, I'm in, now that I'm getting into freshman drafts, real ones, not mock drafts, I'm interested to see where the community values those guys. Because, I mean, they're just like this. So last year it was Quinshawn Judkins. The year before, in years prior, it's been uh, Raheem Sanders, where we told everybody, go get these guys. Andrew Paul was one. The Quinshawn Judkins for this year are those two. Lenora Sellers and Aiden Childs. I don't know that there's a running back. I, I really like uh, uh, Isaiah Agustave going to Arkansas. I wouldn't put him on the same level as Quinshawn Judkins. So the Quinshawns of this class, where if you are paying attention to our content and you're computing, competing against people that aren't, that's who you hit the button. Aiden Childs, Lenora Sellers. Third round of your supplemental drafts. Trade up. Make sure you get them. Get them both. You might be able to get them both. That's what's crazy. You might be able to get them both. Especially if you are competing against folks who aren't dialed into what it is that we're doing and what it is that we're doing. There's nothing better than freshman day. I know you feel that rush in the dynasty space. But in freshman draft, like, you really have to plant your flag on someone and say, this is my guy. It's such a satisfying experience. I just love my freshman draft. Let's go to Ben in Seattle. Ben, 
Talk to me.